Hi, I'm Vicki Abelson, and this is The Road Taken. And with me is my wing woman, Louise Palanca. Hi, Louise. Thanks for having me. Uh, um, we just shook hands. Yeah. That's a little weird. Yeah, it's old Sh school. Shaking hands is old school. Yeah. All right, I'm looking to make sure we have a shot. We do. Ah, we're okay, set up. so we're all set up. So we are on the road. We are on location. We are. We are at the Rosenthal's home, Philharmonica Rosenthal's home. Yeah. It's pretty amazing, huh? Yeah. yeah. So we, we took a little trip into the, the screening room. The Rosenthal's have arguably the greatest movie theater in the world to watch a movie because it was built by the people who did Abbey Road. So the sound is absolutely incredible. And over here in the kitchen there's pizza oven, yep. which um, Phil is an investor in Moza Pizza here in LA. You know what this kitchen has? What does it have? It has Phil. It does have Phil. <laughs> but we're not up to Phil it yet. It comes with it. It's, it's quite the accessory. We're not up to Phil yet. All right. right. All right. So Don't right now, get I'm, I'm talking about the pizza. Okay. Unfortunately, it's Wednesday. Right. If this were Sunday, we would be eating Moza pizza mm -hmm. made by the, the pizza chef from Moza because they're closed on Sunday. And wow. the guy brings all the stuff from Moza, and it's amazing. And the people that fill this kitchen, I'm like the only person that isn't famous. It's kind of crazy making sometimes, but it's amazing. Incredible you're, people. You're the star of this show. Well, that I am. And it, because I made it so. But in any case, um, before we, t we get into tonight's guest and, and talk about uh, relevant things to Phil, mm -hmm. I just want to say that uh, a shout out to our sponsor, Rick Smokey of Quick Impressions of Chicago. Hey, Rick. Um, we adore Rick. Rick is such a mensch. Ask me who I spent an hour on the phone with today. Who? Rick Smokey. No, you didn't. Did. You did? Did. Is he making stuff for you? You know, he's just a great. He sent me some cool stuff, and uh, did he send you a pony? He did. He's working he's on. He's working it. on the pony. But you asked for the pony. You have to order. You know. Okay. Ahead. But, well, yeah. He sent me some cool Jackson Brown stuff, and uh, he's going to make me some business cards, and and he's going to take really good care of you. And any of you out there who uh, get in touch with Rick Smokey, quick impressions. The link is in my on all my stuff. Um, he's going to give you a great deal if you mention us because he is just that kind of guy. And But he also does a ton of philanthropy. And uh, one of the things he did was for, um, uh, let me see the name of this foundation, it's the Bickle Foundation. And what they do is they match uh, pit bulls with um, abused kids uh, in need. And so Rick made all these calendars and he did it gratis. All right, pick them up, pick them up. He, what is that? July? Hold on. Okay, so there you go. So there's, he there's did that, July. and he also did this for a Silver Lining Foundation, and he made the offer tonight for our guest tonight for Phil. Okay, stop on the calendar for Phil Rosen. So our guest tonight, who has a foundation called the Flourish Foundation, he and Monica um, do so much for arts uh, for kids and in the schools. And so Rick made the offer that he will do anything they need uh, on him because he is incredible. Yeah, he's a giver. So we, we, he's a giver, he's a people person, mm -hmm. and we love him. We love the people. And also tonight brought to you by Nicole Venables, my hairdresser. I have an appointment for next Saturday. Thank God. I, I was going to say. I mean, all right already. <laughs> she has the Ruby Boo. The Ruby Begonia Salon in Studio City, and she's phenomenal, and she dresses the best, and me, and um, and she's adorable. You will love her. So anyway, so I'm really excited to be here, Louise. Phil was with us on one of our very first shows when we were just yeah, a he, podcast. Phil's been to my house. That's right. He was at your house. And I made him coffee, <laughs> so I have fed Phil. So, um, wow, you have fed Phil coffee. And let's talk about that, because mm -hmm. Phil's show on Netflix, streaming now, Somebody Feed Phil, 
Is it, has there ever been a better food show? It's no, it, not no. just food. It's the best show. That's right, because there's humor, there's he, pathos. Can I just say this about Phil? Yes, he's, he's the most enthusiastic person. He is. And, and mm -hmm. let some of that enthusiasm just kind of like soak into you because we, we all need that. It's just so lovely. And, it's, and what it is is it's also genuine. It's yes. genuine, it's generous, he's so it's delighted loving, it's warm. By, by the world. He's, yes, and by everybody in it. And, and I, you know, every time he tastes anything, it's like, this is the best thing. I, but you know, I believe him. I, I don't think he's giving lip service. We're going to ask him some of his favorite things. And that's like saying, who's your favorite kid? Harry. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, the, but with Phil, he has genuine passion in the moment, and I believe in every moment that it's his favorite thing. You know, he goes to, I have never been to New Orleans. I gotta go. I watched his New Orleans episode. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, his Bangkok, this is Saigon. He goes to Tel Aviv. It, it's an amazing show. And what's really great about it is that it's funny. It's, it's really funny, fun. and it's also moving. I cry, every episode I cry. There's mm -hmm. tears every episode. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, who've been living under a rock, Phil Rosenthal, creator and showrunner of Everybody Loves Raymond. Phil has won a Peabody Award, an Emmy Award, a WGA Award. He's won a James Beard Award because before it was called Somebody Feed Phil, it was I'll Have What Phil's Having. Mm -hmm. It was on PBS. Also, stream it, it streamed on Netflix. You can, I'm sure, see those mm -hmm. um, on Netflix. Once you get obsessed, you're going down. You're, and you're going. And yeah. there he went to Paris. He went to, to, to Florence. I, you're going to have to make yourself a sandwich. <laughs> and, 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 a, and a plane ticket. Um, I mean, I want to go every place he's been. I want to eat. In, and when I'm traveling anywhere, I always get in touch with Phil and ask him where I should eat. Wow. San Francisco, Detroit, wherever I'm going, mm -hmm. check with Phil. He knows where you should eat. And in fact, if you're in L.A. or New York, if you're anywhere actually, uh, you have to, um, what is it called, friending on Instagram? No, what is that called? What do you do Following? on Instagram? Follow on Instagram because Phil will tell you everything you should be eating. And, and I have to say that when I'm trying to think of some place to go eat in LA, right. I look at Phil's Instagram feed okay. and I see all the yummy and then I decide, okay, when I'm going to go tap. eat that. Yeah. That's right, double tap, that's yeah. where I want to go. Um, because he's an expert on food. And what makes him an expert? He's enthusiastic. Passion. Oh, because yeah. he loves to eat. I don't know that he's ever been schooled in food. I, I We'll talk about that, but I don't think so. But Phil's also an author. He wrote, um, you're lucky. You're lucky you're funny, which he came to Women Who Write and he killed us. Mm -hmm. And um, um, he is, I think he's working on another book. He'll tell us about mm -hmm. that. Um, he started out on Coach um, with our own Catherine McClenahan's um, uh, uh, husband was on that show. And um, Phil took Everybody Loves Raymond, mm -hmm. took it to Russia, to Russia, where it is the number one sitcom ever. And it's also in, I believe it's also in Israel and in other countries. And you have to watch the documentary called Exploring Ex Raymond. Hello. Because it's a window into life in Russia that oh. I have never seen before. It's amazing. And then, of course, there's Phil's parents. Oh! Which, and they're in pretty much everything that is Phil. And if you, and who wasn't a lover of, of Everybody Loves Raymond, um, I, I believe that, that, that they were sort of an amalgam of, Phil's parents and mm -hmm. Ray's parents and sort of, but Phil's parents are phenomenal. Adorable. And we, Louise and I just got a preview of a little promo that's coming out on Friday that Netflix is going to drop of Phil's parents. Um, Don't give it away. I'm not going to say a word. I'm not going to say a word other they than They have an words. adventure. They have an adventure and, and you can have it with them and it is hysterical. <laughs> so without any further ado, 
let's bring out um, our host uh, um, and, the, and the, the king of this castle, Phil. Um, Phil Rosenthal. Let me get a water. Get a water. So he's going to get a water. So until Phil gets into frame, um, you have me. And here's Phil. Oh, look at his nice water. And he drinks it out of a, out of a glass bottle oh, because yeah. that's, that's ec 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 ecologically friendly, which Very is Very friendly. <laughs> wow, fancy setup. It's yeah. right on an iPhone, but, but you're friendly. Thanks and for I, coming to my kitchen. Thank you for having us to your kitchen. Mm -hmm. uh, even though there's no pizza today. I'm sorry. All right, all right. Um, I met here two weeks ago, Chris Berga. Is that how you pronounce his name? Ber I think from, that's right. Okay, from because he made an entire movie on an iPhone, Tangerine. That's right. He did. The writer. So, the writer, yes. Yeah, the not guy, the director. No, the guy he from the Florida there. Project. Exactly. Right, Chris. Which is my favorite movie of the year. What do you think? Well, you know, I, I saw it twice. And the first time I saw it, I was cranky. It was, I was in a hot movie theater. I was tired. And I did not have a wonderful experience because it was my own experience. When I came and saw it again here, I loved it. I had a completely different experience. Um, and I was very moved by it. Sometimes you see a movie twice and uh, the second time you see it, you have no expectations. Mm -hmm. You have no, and, and I think all of life is based on our expectations. Whether we're, so whether we, we're, we're surprised and happy or, or disappointed, mm -hmm. depends on who we are going in. So a lot of times the movie doesn't do what you want it to do, and so we don't like it. Right. The second time you see a movie, if it's any good at all, I guarantee you'll like it better because you don't have those expectations anymore. That's so interesting. I've never thought of that before, but I think there's something to be said for that because the first time I was like, oh my God, here's a bunch of kids and they're playing and they're making a lot of noise and I could just go home if I want kids making noise. But the second time, right, I know that I'm go that's what I'm going into, so maybe I did relax my expectations. Please watch this movie, The Florida it's Project. Phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Actually, Chris is going to be a guest on the road taken, thanks to you, thanks Aww. to the introduction. Well, that's great. He's I, I think it's genius. I think it's, uh, you know, they based it somewhat on The Little Rascals. Which I did not know the first time, which yes. I heard the second time, which is great. Now it makes total sense. Well, if you were like me and you watched The Little Rascals growing up, uh, what we didn't know as kids right. was that the Little Rascals took place during the Depression. And it was actually a little sad because these were poor children making their way in the world with adults having their own problems. And they were and kind we, of left we alone. we never saw adults. Yeah. They made their own little things right. and, they, and we thought they were so cute and fun, right. but they didn't have any money. And the whole thing is about them trying to scam and get money and get free food and get the, to survive. You know, I never made that association. So here, mm -hmm. in, in the, on the outskirts of Disney World, right, which is Kissimmee, wow. Florida, mm -hmm. is, a, is a kind of depressed community where, with kids living in you know, flop houses and mm -hmm. in bad motels and having terrible lives with parents who are drug addicts or hookers or worse, right? And making their way in the world. And it's real, a modern and, and, day little rascal. And they used real they used the real welfare yes. hotel. They used yes. the real people, many yes. of the real people that live there. Right. Um, so it But this is not to say it's, it's it's tragically sad because just like the little yeah. rascals, there are great moments of humor and, and Absolutely. But I think it's like our four hundred blows or bicycle thief or, wow. or I really do. It's really powerful. I, I actually, uh, I, I, now that I have this new information added to it, I think I'm going to see it a third time. I saw it twice. That was the second time I saw it. I yeah. got a lot out of it both times. 
Well, let's talk about you. Why? Let's talk about Phil. I'm so bored with no, me. Okay, but I'm not bored. We're not bored, but we love Phil. Thank you. So, Phil, so I know some of this story, but for some people um, watching us now but, and haven't seen you talk before, which would be crazy because you've been on like every podcast, every I have to. Show. I have to. This is the modern age. I have to yes. do it. To, how do you compete? We were talking about this before. How do you compete with... The million things that are just on Netflix alone. It's crazy. Now factor in all the other uh, television stations available, Hulu and, and, and all the networks and, and all the cable networks. And then the internet, Which the greatest is... distraction of all time. Right. Right now, you're doing this instead of what you should be doing. <laughs> watching Netflix. Yes. Watching Phil on Netflix. Right. I'm competing with myself. <laughs> so, they can do that after. No, but I mean, how do you do it? So the only chance is to try to reach people by any means necessary so okay. it means i'm on the twitter it means i'm on the instagram it means i'm on the and i'm not so, naturally i'm old i don't do uh, this naturally okay but we i'm came, a jew with technology uh, it's terrible but so we came in and from the time we entered until the time we started the show you're on your phone because you have to be you well, have to I do am, that i'm actually answering uh, mail and you're getting a lot of mail I'm getting mail now you're getting a lot of mail. Yeah. And I, I saw a beautiful thing on your Instagram today of a woman who was in Australia who was so moved by your show. And you were just telling us a story. Tell, tell us the story about the woman. Girl from Egypt uh, said that uh, we changed her life because she had an eating disorder. And seeing the show made her want to eat and travel. And I was so, I mean, what, what's, what's better than that? Well, the bad thing for me is that it makes me want to eat, and I have to stop eating. Yes. I have to, I have to, and it's really hard. The secret to, is to pick your spots. Okay, so I want to know how you how, get to, how, you how get this to, happens, yes, ladies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I want to know how this because I know I. Okay, but I've watched you eat. I've watched you when the mozza pizza's here and all the other good foods here. My brownies are here. You eat a little bit. You don't. You're not. A, you're not a ravenous either. Pick your spots. Today I was at a pizza tasting. Oh my! Which is why I'm not having dinner, because I went insane. At Did you pizza. go? In, of okay, course. okay, but going insane for you is. Although I I watch somebody feed Phil, and you do eat like the whole sandwich. So the secret of that is I don't know if you've ever seen a dog food commercial, but you know how they do that? How they starve the dog before the commercial, <laughs> and I'm the dog. <laughs> So, I don't okay. eat before so, the show because okay, so, I want to be excited when the food comes. I don't want to be uh, like, oh no, more food. Oh, okay, no. so this, so I want to be, I want to be happy. But sometimes I can't remember what episode it was. You literally went, ate one thing and one thing, and then you went out on the street and you ate at the street cart, and you were going to split a sandwich, but you actually ate the whole thing because it was so good. It's very good. When am I going to Saigon again? I have Saigon. to have it. Right. I have to have it. The noodles. You, you, but that's oh what I mean God, by you noodles. pick your spot. Yeah. You're in a place. You're eating the most delicious version of that thing you ever had. So All right, I want to ask you about you this. You go for it. All right, and I, then later yes. you won't eat so much. But we can't. We're not children. People don't eat like a pig every day. And then we'll okay, get so, fat. so, te so tell us All if right, you so, know you're having a steak okay. on Friday. Right. Why have steak during the week? Save it up for okay. Friday when you're going to eat that steak. Okay, okay, so but now you know you're traveling, you know yeah. you're doing this show, yeah. you're going to be eating a lot yes. while you're on the road. Yes, so here's the other secret. What do you do? I don't finish everything. I don't okay. finish anything. I, it's very rare that I finish a thing. It has to be the best version of that thing I ever had in my life. And even then, I have a crew of 16 guys. They look and you at me, give it. They're looking at me like this. <laughs> I'd be cruel not to give them a taste. So I give most of it away. I my see. brother is like this. 
His brother works. I, I saw the boat next to your boat, yes. um, and 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 I'm sure that you were passing off the food. I throw it over. Yeah. <laughs> you saw me feed my brother. Yes, I, I said, "Oh, look, they have monkeys on the shore." So, okay, so so tell us the truth. Have you ever gone to one of these restaurants on your? Do you just not? put in the show the things that you don't love. There have to be yes. things you don't love. Yes, why would I put that in? So you do so, yes. so, that. Yeah, it's not a it's not a food criticism right. show. Right. It's a pro travel show. Yes. I want you to travel. I want you to travel. I think the world would be better if we all travel. And, and tell us and why then, it's not just about the food. Tell us the other reason why you want people to travel. I, I know the answer to this question, but I'm 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 because because it's about human connection, right? It's about meeting that's people. That's really what the show's about. That's what it's the about. The food and hopefully the humor is just the way they seduce you in. I want you to travel. I think the world would be better if we all experienced a little bit of someone else's experience. And beyond that, it's even fun. if you don't care about the world, it's the best thing you ever did. You will be happy. You get an experience that you take with you the rest of your life and it proves your life. It, it, act, it makes your life better. You act, should spend your money on travel. Okay, I understand we have to. Money. It's yes, yes, no, money, I know, right? I know. So the reality, we can, we have to save our money. We have to yes. well, first. We have to buy food, shelter, clothing. I understand yes. that. I'm talking about your little bit of extra money. Put it in a bank. Save it. Don't just spend it on stupid crap. Save it to travel. I'm telling you, it's the best thing. Well, I was 23 before I traveled. I got a free trip Where by being a, a DHL courier. DHL is a big. Yeah. Company sends, you know, like FedEx, or they right. send their stuff. But before they were big, like FedEx, uh-huh. DHL would take their stuff that they were shipping, cargo, mm-hmm. and it would go as your extra baggage. Your one guy, yeah, a kid, yeah. usually, free coach ticket to, let's say, Zurich, Switzerland on okay. a Thursday morning. Okay. 50 uh, l- luggage tags. My excess baggage. It's cheaper for them to send it with in one coach days, ticket. In yes, those yes, days, yes. you could have as many bags yes. as you wanted. You didn't yes. have to get right. 50, thing, and you're going to go to Zurich, and when you land, you're going to see a guy with DHL sign. You're going to give him the luggage tags, and then you go do what you want. No, I'm not paying you. Nobody's paying you. Wow. But for a kid, 23, free trip. I had a couple hundred dollars. I stayed in hostels. I had another friend of mine who took the next flight the next day, yeah. and we met up two weeks later. We take the flights back and do the same thing back. I did this three times. We need to figure out what the modern day equivalent is. I know what it is. What is it? The $99 flight to Europe. What? Yes. What's they that? Have them. They have, have you them. heard of this? They have, I have them. Tell- Look for specials that you, you, if you're a kid, if you don't have a lot of money, you mm-hmm. want to get there. You just have to get there. I'm telling you, there are deals with very cheap flights, right? Okay. Save your miles. Do whatever it takes. Right. There are very cheap flights that anyone can afford, really. And, and then, when and then you, you get, get there, there are very cheap places to stay. Hostels? That are fine, yes, okay. if you're a kid, if you're mm-hmm. in your 20s, you stay in a hostel, you stay on a friend's of a friend's couch. Right. I did that. Mm-hmm. Not everything has to be luxury four-star hotel for me. Sometimes it's more fun when it's not. Well, sure, mm-hmm. there are bed and breakfasts that are mm-hmm. gorgeous and mm-hmm. fun mm-hmm. And, and sweet, and you meet people, you sit together at the kitchen table in the morning and they give you a continental breakfast, which means a roll and a coffee and a Fantastic. juice. Right? Which there in Europe is phenomenal. A roll and a coffee and juice is like, I everything love it. tastes better than anywhere in the world. Yeah, it's I fantastic. Okay, so. So that's so, what I'm suggesting. So if people you, are saving their pennies, yes. tell us three favorite places in the world to go. I know that's hard. It's like picking a favorite kid, and you love every place. But Italy wins. Oh, yeah. 
I've been. That's one of the few places I've been. It's. I go as much as I can go. Why? Because the scenery everywhere you look is beautiful. Food. Every bite of food is delicious, and the people are hugging and kissing you. So what? Let's not tell them. It's right? pretty fantastic. I recommend Italy. How about that? It's a groundbreaking show. Italy, good. <laughs> So, and, and all, okay, so here's another. And then France is next door, and then Spain is next door to that, and then Lisbon I discovered this year doing the show. Lisbon, I didn't know. I thought it was like the New Jersey of Spain. <laughs> Portugal. That's not fair. Yeah, That's no. not fair to think that. Right. It's b g brilliant culture, beautiful, 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 great food, beautiful people, beautiful music. Was beautiful. that your biggest surprise? Side with the sidewalks are beautiful. Yes. Because I, I had these expectations. Right. Again, they were surpassed wow. by how fantastic. I mean, people don't think it's a top destination. I'm telling you, top, top. Okay, so, so let's stay in America for a minute. Because, That's the other because, thing. Okay, no, no, I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I understand everybody, even uh, Can't though, afford to, yes, yes, you can travel in your own country, and even above, beyond that, you can okay. travel in your own town. Ah. There's places in your town that we go past. What's that? Peruvian restaurant? I don't know anything about that. Yes, we, we were all born now with a device that tells you what it is. Okay, and so you look, what am I going to eat there? Google it. Peruvian chicken and rice. I like that. Go. So, tr so truthfully. That's a vacation. How, how it is. How, when, you're, when you're local, I mean, everybody tells you where to go and you're very well read and you read all the blogs and, you, and all of that stuff. But when people are in their hometown, and they want to try something new. What do they do? Like I yelp it. I yelp like everything and read the reviews. And what do you do? Like if you if you're looking for something new, other than a recommendation you're going to get, what do you do? There's a million food blogs. There's a million restaurant reviews. You pass a place. Google the place. Okay. That's all. Okay. Everything's going to come up. What, what's what's going to come up is the reviews of the place. Right. You know right away. Good place. Not. Right? I always cross-reference and can't just go by Yelp. Yelp has sometimes the agenda. Right. In other words, sometimes something gets uh, all the stars on Yelp. It's only because it's cheap. Oh. Right? So maybe cross-reference. See, if, is there another review that somebody else said? Oh. And then, oh, that, it's cheap, but it's also really good. Okay, I'm going. Tell us a few of your favorite cheap eats. When I went to San Francisco, you sent me to the creamery, I think it was, for ice cream. Is oh, it called uh, creamery? Right. Buy right. Buy right. Oh my God. Very good, right? Fantastic. And then there was like a pastry place across the street. We did the pastry first. Yeah. We went across to Buy Right. We yeah. had some ice cream. What are your, like, what are the three favorite cheap eats in LA, for example? A Howlin' Ray's chicken sandwich just jumped to the front of my mind. There's, okay. a, there's a wait sometimes, hours, for this thing. It's the best. It's a, it's a spicy, hot chicken sandwich. Do we sandwich. have that at your screening? No. That was a different one. Okay. Couldn't get them. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Howl we had another Ray's. very good okay. one, but yeah. Alan Ray's King. Okay. I don't know if you've been there. You know what I'm talking about. If you haven't been there, go I have to early. Go. I'm talking about 10 a.m. They think they open at 11. It'll be worth the hour. There's a beautiful coffee shop next door. You can have a cup of coffee. People are very nice. And then you go in, and you're going to have the best fried chicken anything you've ever had, the best chicken sandwich of any kind you've ever had, the best... Sandwich, maybe. Okay, that, that's a pretty big recommendation. You have one in New York. What's your favorite cheap eat in New York? I like a Nathan's hot dog. Yes, I like it. I like it. Gray's papaya hot dog. I love pizza. What's the your New favorite pizza, slice? Joe's on Carmichael. Mine too. And I love the Forest pizzas. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. And there's a new one now in Jersey City called oh. Raza's. That's unbelievable. It's not by the slice. It's more like mozza right. kind. Mm -hmm. But 
Wow. Okay, so our friend Rick Smokey, fa fa favorite eat in Chicago. Wow, I used to love this place, the hot dog place, Hot Dogs, at, but now there's a bunch of other uh, Portillos. It's great, and uh, there's so many, there's so many good hot dogs in Chicago. And do you, Chicago how do you feel dog. about how do you feel about deep dish pizza in Chicago? Yeah, you know, is it's it, different. Is it pizza? Yeah, I know, but there's it's something more about like the buttery a, crust. A giant uh, casserole. <laughs> it is, but it's buttery and crunchy, and it has, there's something to be said okay, for it. Call whatever you want. It yeah. tastes good. It does taste good. Yeah, they're not all yeah fantastic, just like New York pizza. Not all are great. Do you have a but you know they say pizza? it's like they say it's like sex. Even when it's not good, it's still better than no pizza. <laughs> yes, I I wouldn't know. It's been a while. Okay, since well, you had pizza. Well, no. Is that the euphemism? Yeah, of the day? that's the euphemism of the day. Okay, so for those who don't know. Phil, the thing about you that inspires me the most is you take no, I was going to say no shit, you take no prisoners. I do. You, you've, you've told me stories, and I read your book, which um, you're lucky you're funny if you have not read it. You make, make me sound like I'm in Game of Thrones. No, I, I've, never, <laughs> I've never seen Game of Thrones, so I don't even know what that means. They kill people. They kill <laughs> He doesn't kill people. He kills in a good way. He kills in a good way. But... The thing about Phil, the, the thing about you is that you don't take shit. And even when you didn't have anything, you still kept your principles and your integrity. So let's start at the beginning of the story. So you're a kid. What do you want to be when you grow up, when you're a kid? An astronaut. <laughs> How long did that last? Until I found out that uh, you could get on the Ed Sullivan show with, with, without having to go on a top of a rocket ship that may blow up. You could be a Beatle, and then you could be on the you Ed could, Sullivan You show. could be a Beatle, you could be a comedian, you could be an actor, you could be something. Because what I loved about the astronaut turned out was not just the space exploration, but because I loved that they got you know to be on the Ed Sullivan show. And I realized that I love the Ed Sullivan show more than going up in a rocket. Does that make sense? I, completely <laughs> to me. And, and I think that... And I love comedy. I loved, I loved, loved, loved The Honeymooners. Mm. I wanted to be... I didn't know there was writing, directing, producing. Right. I'm six years old. Right, right, right. You know, it was, I, I, I had it all figured out though. I, I knew that I was going to be a funny guy and I knew that my wife was going to be Mary Poppins. <laughs> I figured it out. You got pretty close. I figured Ma it out. Monica yeah. could, be, she said, could be Mary she, in She, she flies around with yeah. an umbrella. <laughs> She's uh, very close to that. It's true. She's a lot like Julie Andrews. She is a lot like Julie yeah. Andrews. She can't no. Yes, she can. I've heard her sing. So, all right. So, so wait. So you're so when you're a little kid, are you watching a, t a ton of television? It was safer than going outside. <laughs> yeah, these were my friends, and they weren't hitting me. They were they were making <laughs> were you, me were laugh. You, were, you, were you like a runt of a kid? Like, Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're pretty you get, tall now. You get beat up now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so a lot of TV. When did you realize? When did you realize you're fun? Your father is I'm hysterical. Still, Your parents are hysterical, actually. They're funny. They're very funny. So it was the currency of the dinner table. You know, okay. this was, this was, we were Did eating, they laugh at your stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I was imitating Art Carney at four years old, you know, or three years old. Even. Yeah. And I would stay, I, this was a trick. If I could imitate the funny people on TV, when my parents were having company, did your parents call it company? Of course. We're having company. <laughs> Absolutely. Behave. <laughs> There's company coming. They don't call it that anymore, no, do they? No, it's nice, right? No. <laughs> it's company. It is nice. Yeah. Uh, 
if I found that if I snuck downstairs when they were having company, yes. and it, you know, this was the 60s, so they're smoking, they're drinking, drink, yes, yes. you know, they're, ah, ah, <laughs> they're doing this. Orders. Yeah. Orders. So I found that if I did my funny little shtick and was cute, I'd get a piece of cake and stay up later. Okay, so now you were not shy in fr to do that? No, I was shy. I was shy with kids. Ah. Because I was little and I would get picked on. Okay. So I was shy with them, but the parents, you know, they don't. They're usually not beating you up, and that, so so that was better. And in me. school, class clown? No. I, a little bit, and I realized that the way to channel that kind of thing without mm -hmm. being thrown out of class was to be in the school plays. Ah. So you're. And that was the only way I was going to get a girl to talk to me. I mean, it's so cliche. It's it's disgusting. But yeah, but it's that's that's, that's what cliches we do. happen because. Yes. They're, They're true. true. Okay, so you're in school place starting right away, young little kid? Yeah. Okay. And when does it hit, when do you realize, okay, this is what I want? It never occurred to me to do anything else. I loved it, loved it, loved it. And I still love it. I love every aspect of show business. Writing, directing, producing, performing, editing. I love every aspect of the business except the business. The ah, business you talk about that in your book. Show business. The business is what gets in the way of show in show business. Wow. The business is the terrible part you have to clear to get to the show. Yeah, right? and you have fought that business and you've stood up to that business uh, for your creative vision and for your integrity it, it, and you've walked away from things. I, I, are we allowed to talk about the, I'm going to talk about it, are we allowed to talk about the Tootsie thing? No! no. Okay, I won't talk, are we? <laughs> No. It's not nice. I don't. Okay. I don't want to say bad things about anybody. I'm not talking I, about the bad thing. I'm just saying that that. Here's what I tell kids when I go to colleges okay. and I speak. Okay. Always quit. <laughs> but you even quit the deli. Didn't you quit the deli? If it's not right. Here's the best tell, advice. Tell that story. The best advice I ever got from anybody was okay. from Ed Weinberger, a great showrunner of the past. Ed Weinberger was supposed to come with Ed Asner to my house because of their book, but Ed. Weinberger was ill and couldn't come, but Ed Asner came a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I love they Ed Weinberger. Together. Ed Weinberger, one of the great characters in the world. Uh, if you hear him on, I think he's doing podcast now for that book. I'm gonna have him. I'm gonna have him to the house. I, I, you I, gotta I, tell him I gotta eat with him because yeah. no, <laughs> I worked with him in 1990. You know, not on a great show. He what, would what, admit what, what, it what wasn't was a great it? show. It was my, you know, when I first got to town, I uh -huh. did a terrible show. I did what? lots of terrible shows, but I, I was a writer for hire, so yeah. I did something called Baby Talk, which was <laughs> it talk. was the TV version of Look Who's Talking. Oh. And it starred an unknown yeah. guy. In the John Travolta role okay. on television, uh -huh. and his name was George Clooney. You know, and when I we see each other now, we hug each other and we say we survived. <laughs> that thing. Oh, how yes. many episodes? Ten. Wow. I don't know. Wait, so obviously it was before ER. It must have been before yeah. ER. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Was this before you did coach? After you did coach? Before, way it, before. Be way before. Yeah. So it's not nineties. It was 1990. Coach would have been 1994, five, oh, six, okay. and then Raymond. Okay, so so you're a writer for hire on Baby Talk. You're a writer for hire on Coach. That's right. How does the Raymond thing happen? I meet a comedian. Yeah. Who did five minutes on Letterman? Yes, I saw. And the Letterman spot. said, "I saw it too. I just happened to see it." Monica and I were watching in bed. We would see the funny guy, and and uh, then we went to bed and forgot about him like everything. And three months later, I got a video cassette of a comedian, they're looking, that Letterman 
loved him so much on the show that there should be a show for this guy. So mm-hmm. they sent me the show, they sent me him, and I agreed to meet with him the to create a show for The funniest in the world, by the way. With the um, keys. With the keys. Right. The, his kid's favorite He says, I, I haven't, uh, I've had uh, twins and I haven't had a chance to write any new materials, so tell me if you think this is funny. He pulls his keys out. Ah, jingle, jingle. <laughs> you think that's funny? Yeah. yeah. Because I'm glad you I laughed, mean, otherwise I would have to come down there and rub my nose in your belly. <laughs> Um, he okay. was great, adorable, great. Yes. I meet with him at Arts Deli on Ventura, and uh, we hit it off. He has stories about his crazy Italian family. I have stories about my crazy Jewish and family. And so really, Everybody Loves Raymond was emerging of everybody's family, all the writers, right? Yours, Ray's. Mainly Ray's actual life. Okay. And what I didn't know about their character, I okay. filled in with the personalities in my life. So my parents, my wife, me even, my experience to form, to create a show out of a situation. Now, is it true that in the writer's room, that I, I heard this, I don't know from who, that you would come in and say, okay, who would have fight with their wife this week? Yeah, or? if you work for me, you, your job was to go home, <laughs> get in a fight with your wife, come back in and tell me about it. Okay, and so, if you were a woman, you'd come and tell me about your fight with your husband. We, li- we needed women in that room. I want everyone you, to understand. Have Absolutely, we always had women in the room. And, and by the way, the wives at home were co-writing the show. Of course. They were providing some of the key dialogue you know, Patty Heaton was a genius, mm-hmm. probably best wife on TV, and I mean that in, with, a, with a great, as a great, great and compliment, she has a cookbook because that's a very right? hard role. By her cookbook, yes, she okay. actually, Patty Heaton is not Deborah. Patty can cook. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is shocking. Yes. Um, okay, so I heard, now I think I've heard you tell it, or I, I've read somewhere that the episode where the child, where Ray's son goes into school and he has a, a, a thing about the the screaming family? What, what is the that? The angry family, The yes. angry family. Yes. This was based on something that really happened? Verbatim. To? Me. Okay, but, but they, but, but Ben son. wasn't talking about you guys fighting. Was, what, what, was this, what really happened? What really happened is we went to school, to first grade class, mm-hmm. and it was kids read the stories that they wrote then. Okay. And they get up in front of the class, and a little girl gets up. She says, uh, the lion who had chicken pox. The lion had chicken pox. Here's a picture. <laughs> she went to the pharmacy. Picture. Got some cream. Picture. This mommy put on the, the lion had chicken. Yeah. Cute. Cute. Uh, next little boy, Sam, gets up. Uh, Escape from the blue planet. And here's the picture of the blue planet. And here's the rocket ship. They had no gas. And here's the thing. Right? Ben Rosenthal gets up. The angry family. <laughs> the mommy was mad at the daddy. Here's a picture. The daddy was mad at the mommy. Picture. They were all mad at the children. Picture. And what are you and Monica doing? While I'm crying. What were you and Monica doing while this is Also crying. Mortified. Like one of the, in the show, we have Ray sink down behind the desks. <laughs> Everybody's turning and looking at us. They think it's hysterical. We're like, our kid has problems. What have we done to the child? Oh my God, this is hysterical. So we've got to talk to him. What's happening? And so, you know, in the show, we stretch it out a little right. more. But in real life, we got home. Do you really feel, Benny? Do you really feel that, you know, we're an angry family? Who's what are you talking about? What? What? You wrote The Angry Family, Mommy and Daddy. No, that was a dinosaur show I saw on the television. <laughs> Did you feel compelled to go tell the teacher that, that that was really about dinosaurs? I mean, didn't you feel like... Yes. Yeah. They were laughing. They thought it was hilarious. 
Look, the guy from Raven is here. He's he's, he's he actually lives the life. <laughs> That's hysterical. Oh my god. Okay. So you know, I felt at the end of that episode, yeah. it's special thanks Ben Rosenthal. He That's inspired his, the show. Hysterical. Yeah. And Ben is now working on twenty three years old. And working on somebody could film. He was a he was a camera assistant on the last six that we did, and 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 he's a great actor. He's really funny. Yeah, he's Fantastic. the greatest kid in the world. And so um, much better than Lily. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so this is the other. You can not pick your favorite. <laughs> so I love you, Lily. <laughs> but, and this Lily's is really my. No, yeah, but I shouldn't I, say I, that either. I love them both. There you go. Depending on the day. <laughs> so, but that's the other thing that's that's really inspiring about your life is that you come from this crazy family but your parents are fantastic and they've been they've been married how many years 60 something 60 something years and you and Monica how many years 60 something no it just feels that way <laughs> Third, almost 30 and so uh, this is hopefully heredit hereditary hopefully Lily and Ben are going to have the same fate but this is really a beautiful thing I mean you've mo you were modeled this success and you are modeling it for your children, and um, and for those of us who are in your orbit. But it doesn't is... matter what you do. I don't want to make people feel bad. Oh, we've screwed it up. I've my screwed kids, it up. my I've kids are screwed up, and, and, and <laughs> we're perfect, and they're still screwed up. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The kids it's... are gonna the, whatever problem they have. It's your fault. Yeah. You're the mother. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm the father. It's whatever it is. It's fine. That's how it's supposed to be. Okay. So, but it's you, nature's way. You have modeled. You and Monica, aside from the talent, the success, you've modeled philanthropy and generosity in a way that is extremely inspiring. Let's talk about that for a minute. So you have the Flourish Foundation. What's your goal? What's your mission? Arts and school. Arts and schools. Which with, arts, with arts education. We feel like, and I've said this before, I say it in the show, a lot of people think that the arts are disposable. And what they don't realize is it's the answer. Uh, it, it, what, what I mean is that kids who have the arts in school mm -hmm. do better in the stuff we supposedly care about, math and science, Absolutely. because their brain starts working in a different way. And guess what? They like it as opposed to math and science, which is... Well, some kids like that, which is really weird, it. but I don't really understand No, it's I, true. I wasn't that way. But Me even either. if yes. they do like it, mm -hmm. if they learn the violin, they're even better. Well, right. They say if you play uh, classical music when your kid is in, the, in, in utero, then they're going to be smarter. Don't say utero. But <laughs> well, you, can, you can improve a kid's quality of life by mm -hmm. exposing them to art, music, dance, theater, it's sculpture, the painting, it's everything. The social, it's the way we learn socialization. It's the yes. way we learn community skills. Yes. It's the, yes and creative that. thinking. Creative That's why they call it creative thinking. And actually, I just read something Problem solving. That the opposite of depression is expression. Oh. And I love that. Because if you take somebody who's having a problem, Who's getting depressed? Louise, are we running out of juice? Is something happening wrong? Uh, it's, it's We've not been great. off for 25 minutes. No, is the, the, the island not on? I see us on the thing. No, I mean, but is, is the light not green on my phone? Yeah, this plug doesn't the, pl the plug The plug isn't working. So we need another plug before my phone dies and we go off the air. Over there, over there. Go over there. Uh, behind the toaster. Behind the toaster. This toaster. Is a Unplug the toaster and plug that in. So, because we don't want to lose people. Let's see who's, who's with us. We've lost them. Uh, we've lost them. They're, is they're... anybody there? Yeah, look, all these people are here. Are Hi, Ross. There? 
Hi Sharon, hi Sheila, hi Eve, Brandon, This is like, Steve, uh, what Carol. was it, Romper Room? We see, I see Sharon, I see Rob. Oh God, hi Remember Benny. that? Yes, I do remember that. Hi Norm. LOL, LOL, LOL. Yeah. He hooked me up in Barcelona for Whoa, some good who food. Who was that? Nicole Hansen, I know oh, her. Nicole. Hi Nicole. Uh, yeah, Ned Van Zant is there, and Rick Smokey, he's watching us from Chicago, the guy we were talking about. Um, yeah, all these people are, are, are checking in. Agree, we should all travel. Oh, travel. this is working. Okay. I travel for work on yeah. Princess Cruises. Okay. But travel, go see the world. Making me hungry. Why? I didn't do anything. <laughs> I didn't eat anything. I'm hungry. There's no food in Phil's house. Um, when it's Wednesday. Honeymooners love, says Penny Barnett. There you go. Lisa Levy, so true. Inspirational. Do your show. What does that mean, do your show? I don't know. Do your show oh. instead of talking? No. Hi, Phil. Hi, love you both. Hi, Vicky and Phil, says Sharon Daniels Rothberg. Okay, so, 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 <laughs> so anyway, yes, creativity, the answer. So, for you, what's the first, what's the first taste of success you had in your life? It I was cast in the school play. The first time you go in high school, yes. and you try out for the play, yes. and you go to the call board, and you see everybody's name is there, they've been cast, is my name, is my name, my name! We spend the rest of our lives, those of us in show business, chasing that feeling. Nellie Forbush. I know. Yes. South Pacific. Yes. I know what that is. Yes. Well, but I, yes, I, that feeling is... The feeling they, of acceptance, the feeling that you belong somewhere to a wonderful thing that you're going to love doing. That feeling doesn't get better than that. Than so that it doesn't moment. matter if they hand you a check for whatever amount of money. It's Later, that... Initial first time, that's the feeling we chase until we die. Do you remember your first line in your first play? Ran out. What is this, a hot dog stand? <laughs> it involved food. <laughs> it involved food. Well, what show was that? How to Succeed in Business oh. Without Really Trying. Robert Morse came to and the so, room. Oh, I love him. Oh, yeah. yeah, I met him. Uh, Ran, I was just a, in, uh, you know, it was a one line part. And then I was in the chorus with the, with the other kids running around. But I remember I was a businessman, 14 years old, businessman. Uh, <laughs> we ran out of wickets, somebody says. Ran out? What is this, a hot dog stand? <laughs> I, and I remember the first line, I was a Hanukkah candle in kindergarten. We remember these things because yeah. these are life changers. So, so, but you have come since then, since getting that part and seeing your name on the call sheet. Yeah. So tell us some of the acting gigs. Let's talk about some of your acting work. Um, Spanglish, part in Spanglish. Uh, uh, Jim Brooks said he never saw anybody who was more into food than me. He saw me speak at a, at a TV writers conference. Why he came to see other TV writers speak? Like, what? What do you need? Pointers? What? You're Jim Brooks. I didn't even understand. When I met him afterwards, I was like, oh, 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 oh. Jim Brooks. And he goes, uh, "You ever do any acting, man?" That's how he talks, man. And, and, and I said, "Well, yeah, I studied it in school." He goes, "Ah, oh, give me your number. I'm gonna have something for you." What? Oh, come on. It happened just like that? Just like, just like, yes, just like that. But when he said that, I was running Raymond. I was the showrunner on Raymond. Right. Uh, you might have something for me. What do you mean? He goes, give me a number. I said, listen, listen, you're very nice. I have a job. I, I'm fine. But if you want to go eat, I'd love to be your friend. I'd love to go eat with you. And so we eat, and we hit it off, and I turn him on to food, and he doesn't, you know, he does what's that? I'm not gonna you took Jim to Drew's restaurant when it opened, to um, um, Batard, didn't you? Yes. Yes. So we love it, and yes. he kind of turned me on to wine, which I didn't know about. Oh. So we have this wonderful friendship. Oh, nice. 
And I forget about this thing he said about a party. Two years oh, later. Oh, come on. Two years. Remember that thing I told you about? What thing? <laughs> Remember I said I had something for you? And I went, yeah. It's here. I think I, I want you to try out for uh, Spanglish. I said, what? And he said, yeah, I mean... When was, gotta, the when was the last time you had acted before that? What, 20 years? <laughs> he says, he says uh, uh, you got to try out, you know, because it's a big movie, but we kind of know each other now, so it's weird. So can you put yourself on tape? And sa I said, okay. And I call. I'm in my office at Raymond. I'm running the show. I call our casting director, mm -hmm. Lisa Miller-Katz, who I love, and I say, can you come into office... And bring the camcorder because uh, they want me to try out for a movie. And she says, I'll never forget it, you? <laughs> <laughs> and oh. she comes in with a camcorder and her assistant, and they're both looking at me like this. <laughs> and I read the part, and I do it twice, and I say, Lisa, you pick the take. I don't want to know about this. I don't want to hear about it. I just... Okay, now... It's so freaky. Because you don't need it, and because you because you have no expectation... I love that you're saying this because it sets me up perfectly for what I'm about to say. Okay, go. You're right. I don't need it. I'm busy. I'm, I'm a showrunner. The show is doing fine. The only thing I thought about okay. for three days after sending that <laughs> to Jim Brooks was... Why isn't he calling? Why don't I, why don't I have that part? I'm an actor by the phone again. Of course. I'm 22 years old and I'm like, where? What? Well, come on. Of course. Because you put yourself out there. You're vulnerable. You, 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 you acted. It's like taking off all your clothes in public. It's terrible. It's okay, terrible. So There's a reason that? I'm a writer is because I couldn't stomach being an actor. Okay, so, I couldn't so take tell, rejections. tell us about that. Because a lot of people, Phil, this show is called The Rotate. And, and what, it, what the purpose is is to show how my heroes have managed to merge creativity and commerce. How they have managed to live their dream. You're living a pretty big dream. Now? I'm sure beyond your wildest dreams. Now, mm -hmm. yes. Lucky bastard. Very. Fantastic. But, but luck is a lot of things. Luck is opportunity, meets talent, meets luck. It's a lot of things. I'm very lucky. Okay, so when you're starting out and you want to be an actor, mm -hmm. tell us how, what, what happened there. How did you get redirected? What happened there? I failed okay, what so, happened there. So, well, you have to rub it in. Well, I, well, because we want to know that story because it, it, it changed the... How did you get shifted from being an actor? I wanted to eat. So, well, how did that happen? We wrote a play for ourselves to be in. Ah. A bunch of us from Hofstra University, we wrote a show for Which ourselves to be in. Which is where you met his wife. Uh, right after that, okay. yes. She, she transferred in after I graduated. I met her oh. after in oh. New York, okay. walking down the Ninth Avenue food fair... Everything She's is coming this way, I'm coming this way, I'm eating a rib, I'm dripping on my shirt, my Joe Jackson's Jump and Jive shirt from 1986 or whatever it was, and here's the, the girl I saw in a play, uh -huh. and she was very funny. And you I saw said, her in a play? I saw her in a play through, through uh, uh, mutual friends at school, but okay. we had never met. Okay. So I see her, mm -hmm. I think she's really funny. I said even to my our mutual friends before mm -hmm. I left that night, because I was... I guess too shy to stick around and say hello myself. I said, tell that girl she's funny. Aww. That's all. And and then two weeks later, I'm eating the rib, walking down Ninth Avenue Food Fair. She's coming up with a mutual friend of ours. There's the funny girl. I said, oh, I'm a big fan of yours. And she says, I'm a big fan of yours too. Wow. Yes. Whoa. Yes. Whoa. And I'm completely flattered. Yeah. Turns out she never saw me in anything. <laughs> she was lying. The whole thing is built on a lie. <laughs> So if there's any She's nice, honest girls out there, I'm looking. <laughs>
she's really good. Wait, there's another story. I, I'm trying to remember. You told me another story built on a lot. Did you write jokes for somebody? What, what story was that? Okay, so how, how did you segue from... Acting to writing. Yes. Friends of mine and I wrote a show for ourselves to be in. That became successful. At the same exact time as that was happening, another friend of mine who mm -hmm. was a writer, this is all serendipitous, right. came to my apartment with a, with a blue-gray metal box called a word processor. Right? 1987. <laughs> We're going to write a screenplay. What? I don't know anything about it. Yes, but you're funny, and I understand the structure, and we, 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 let's think of a screenplay. Okay, stop here. This, this is important. Yeah. You don't have training. Nothing. You have no writing training. Well, a little bit of play analysis in college, because I have a well-rounded theater education, which I recommend. Was your, I, I, was your, way, I just was want your to say degree? this. Was it an MFA? Theater. BFA in theater. Okay. And I thought... I've now graduated, being thrown into New York City. Okay. I've now graduated with a degree that's good for nothing. Because what are you going to do? Get a job, but can I sing you an up-tempo or a ballad? Can I, can I do a Shakespeare, my Shakespeare funny monologue for you? No, get out of here. So you worked in a deli? Of course. Yes. So, so, but but I, what I didn't realize that I thought theater was nothing. Theater was the study of nothing. No, it's actually the study of everything. Explain you, you get into everyone's life. You understand what lives are like, what people are like, what character is like, what life is like mm -hmm. from theater. If you really study theater mm -hmm. from Comédie de l'Arte to Shakespeare to modern plays to Edward Albee to things, it's the study of literally everything. Everything. And human nature. Okay. And you start to understand how life works and what is important, emotionally, ah. inherently important to human beings and how they interact and how they behave. So I love that. Somebody told me that just a few years ago. Uh -huh. Theater is the study of everything. I, I like that. Because everything is represented in the theater. The Absolutely. important stuff in life mm -hmm. is what people write plays and movies and books about. So when you wrote that first play. The screenplay with. No, the first play. The play, yes. What did you use as your guide? Did anybody know what they were doing as far as writing a play? Was, I mean, no, I because it wasn't really degree. a play. Oh, okay. It was a happening. It was a. It was called Tony and Tina's wedding, oh, and it was a thing. Yes. It was a thing. It was an event. You wrote. I wrote the Stop. ceremony of the because I was the priest. Believe it or not. Oh about. my gosh! Right. You know, you told I, me this before, with, and I forgot. I this is crazy. From Tony college. and Tina's wedding ran yeah. for like seven thousand years. It's probably still it's running. And it probably. Somewhere. I'd like to stop this, by the way, to say I don't get a dime from this show. Is that and true? I think we. I'd like to spend the rest of our time together complaining about. This. Wait a minute. You guys really created Tony and Tina's wedding? Yeah. There was a girl from Hofstra. It was her idea to do the show. Wow. And then we wrote it together. Wow. Okay. I'm like way more impressed by you than I've ever been before now. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is blowing my mind. Because that became, that became something that has lived all of these for decades. It's not that good. It's really not. It's, it's an event. It's a happening. It's very nice. It's a nice way to spend an evening, but it's not great theater. Okay, but it's but it's successful. It was an original idea mm -hmm. that you put yourselves behind mm -hmm. and you threw it against the wall, not knowing if it was going to yeah. work, and you tried. Sometimes you get lucky. Okay, so what I'm thinking is, if we were going to tell people out there what are the secrets of your success, mm -hmm. one of them I'm going to say is that you're fearless, um, which you are. I was fearless. I was desperate. 
you were desperate then, but you're but you are fearless. I mean, I, I just remember a story in your book about standing up at the deli, and you know you're not going to take it anymore. What you did with Tootsie, I mean, you 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 don't do things because you're supposed to, or because you're going to make money, or because there's fame and fortune at the end. You have to really believe in what you're doing. You have great conviction. You have integrity. I don't know how to do it any other way. That's all I can say. If it doesn't feel right, no matter how much money they're paying you. If it doesn't feel right, if it feels wrong, in fact, mm -hmm. it's not going to be right. It's going to fail. A lot and you're of people will chase that, though. Anyway. I understand. Yeah. Here's the best advice I was going to tell you. Okay, good. That I ever got, good. and it was from this Ed Weinberger. Okay. Wow. When I was writing the pilot for Raymond. Okay. And I wanted some advice. Mm -hmm. Do the show you want to do, because in the end, they're going to cancel you anyway. <laughs> It's in your book. I love that. Best advice in the world, because it's a philosophy of life, too. Yes. Right? Explain. We all get canceled one day, so live your life. Right? And you've been true to that all through. Yes. You have. Okay, so did you turn anything down because it wasn't in keeping with that? All the time. Yeah. Only almost everything. Wow. Um, did you turn down anything you regret? Ever regret? Nope. There you go. A life without regret, that's pretty fantastic. No, no, I have regrets. I'm a, we're all idiots at one time <laughs> or another. But, but have I turned down anything that I regret not taking? No, I really don't. There are things I regret not getting. Okay, so has there been anything that you really coveted that you didn't get? Sure. Yeah. I'm and sure there is. I can't think of it right now because I'm very happy, I'm very lucky. And you've had a pretty wonderful life. Look, I travel the world eating. Am I going to complain to you now? <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about that. Let's talk. So you go from having this incredibly successful sitcom. You take it to Russia. You have an incredibly successful documentary about that. Raymond is now in countries all over the world. Yes. Yes. Number one most successful sitcom most ever in Russia. Successful translation of a sitcom in history. It's where the Guinness Book of somebody's bringing me tomorrow an award from the Guinness Book of World Records. Wow. That is absolutely, congratulations. That's, that's pretty amazing. That, that's, that's something to be <laughs> it's a, I can't proud of. believe it. That, that's pretty hard to wrap one's head around. Oh, that's crazy. All right, so now you, but I meet you, and it's after, maybe during Still Raymond, the end of Raymond maybe, and you're, and you're doing other things, and oh, Louise knows Henry Winkler. Mm. Louise and Henry go way back. You do a pilot with One Henry of the Winkler. nicest, greatest guys in the world. Love him. Yeah. yeah. Hi, Henry. So, and so you do something with Henry that, that doesn't, it doesn't, and Dom, you meet Dom, right? Dom Lovardazzi, the one of the best actors I've ever met. Yeah. Love him. And one of the sweetest people yes. on the planet. Yes. So you do that, and, but all and it doesn't all, go. And it doesn't go. Right. And there are things you want to do when they're not going. In fact, when I met you, I think you were between projects, and I remember um, Monica saying, when you came to Women or Right or something, like, he's got to get something, he's got to get out of the house. Because you, you... This you me were, traveling around the world, that's her idea. Get out of yeah. the house. <laughs> so, so now, but I'm imagining this food thing. When, when did the food... Was your mom... I know the answer to this question. Was your mom a good cook? If you know the answer, why are you asking? Because they don't know. What do you think, people? Tell, tell them about your mother's cooking. She had a setting on the oven for shoe. <laughs> So, so what was a typical dinner in your house? Bad. <laughs> but like, what would you put in, what was on the plate? A cheap cut of meat that was tough as your shoe. Okay. And it was like I said that I think in the credits of the first show, yeah. uh, it was, the meat was like a punishment. 
And and the vegetables that were on the plate? From a can or yeah. boiled beyond recognition or just horrible and made you hate life. <laughs> so where does the appreciation for food come? How did that happen? The first time I ate outside that house when I went to college. I, I tell this story where I went to Hofstra and we were, some other freshmen and I went out to a cheap Italian restaurant in Hempstead, New York, and I had pasta with sauce. That's all we could afford, pasta and sauce. And it was the most delicious thing I ever had. What is this? And they're like, what is wrong with this kid? I'm like, this is fantastic. They said, why are you so... No, no, no. This is not just pasta and sauce. But there's, what are these little, these little white uh, chopped up things in there? What is that? They said, what, garlic? Yes! Garlic! I never had garlic. Is that true? I was living like an animal. Take you out on Sunday, you didn't go eat Chinese food or Italian? We would order in Chinese, yeah. and it wasn't bad, okay. but it was always the same order that my father wanted. So it was like We were not spending money on a, taking a chance, <laughs> right? Right, right. What if we don't like it? God forbid we don't like it. We've thrown away the $3. <laughs> so it's so chow mein we, and, and an egg roll. And I wish I had that. Well, so what was it? It was always the same. It what? was a spare rib and yes. a lobster Cantonese. That's pretty high end. Pretty high end, yeah. but that was it. That really? Maybe soup. Okay, wonton. Yeah, of course. Or egg drop. Yeah. Okay. So bland. I'm talking lobster Cantonese is bland. It sounds yes. fancy. Yeah. But there's lobster, but it's White mostly sauce. that goop sauce. Yeah, yeah. Right. Not good. With chopped up whatever. You not have good. no idea what's in it. There's like egg white or something. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not goop. Good. Yeah, it's not good. It's goop. Cornstarch, not good. Right. Yeah. And it's not, it's bland. Right, flavor, not. It's fine. It, listen, tasted better than anything we were getting from the house. <laughs> How about Italian? You didn't have Italian on? No. Really? Really, what no. What Jews are you without Italian food? Hamburger helper Jews. What? Really? We begged to go to McDonald's. Begged, please. When I, the first time I had an egg McMuffin, I thought this is the greatest thing. <laughs> I can't believe how fantastic egg okay. McMuffin. Okay, so now you have this, this first dish of pasta with garlic. Yeah. It's like when Dorothy opens the door and suddenly it's in color. <laughs> oh my god. Alright, so 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 now the world is in color. Yeah. And what do you do? Eat so, everything. Eat everything. When I graduated from Hofstra mm -hmm. and I moved into the city and I'm reading the New York Times and I'm reading about these magical places called four star restaurants. I'm talking about places like Lutece, Le Grand Weed, Le Cirque, Le Cote Basque. The quilted giraffe. These were high, what, what, high what, what drew you to to go from a plate of pasta with garlic on it yeah. to to go to the? What was the attraction? I read about it. Read about it it but, sounded like magical fairylands of, and the way they were described in the New York mm -hmm. Times by the food writers who were artists themselves. Yes, you couldn't believe that such a place existed. So every night starving actor, working as a guard in the museum, working as a guy he, he, in the deli, the working, museum, working, way, yeah. yes, working as a, 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 a bartender, doing mm -hmm. whatever I could, mm -hmm. where I'm selling farm and implement cleaner on Wait. the phone. Yes, terrible. Doing whatever I could to right. survive and eat for dinner a slice of pizza, a hot dog, a can of tuna fish. That was what I ate. Right. But once a year, on my birthday, I saved up $100. Saved to go to a four-star restaurant. And I had a soup that was too big, didn't fit, but I did it. I had another idiot, my friend Rob, who was uh, uh, also in the theater, and, and he also saved up because our birthdays were a week apart, so uh -huh. he saved up for the big meal. 
and we couldn't afford dates, so we <laughs> split one girl. <laughs> Hysterical. To class it up. <laughs> to class. And we Lucky would go, girl. and I'll say, yeah. and then every year I hit them all. So, I hit so them all. What was the first, them all. What was the first one? Uh, Lutes. And so did it, it live up to your expectations? Yes! Yes! Yes, it was really we crying. We couldn't believe it. And the, 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 what was so sweet was that, you know, they're in this stuffy place with the French and everything. Mm -hmm. and, the, and they see these rumply kids coming in. And usually I think we went for lunch because same, similar Price menu, yeah. but, but, but a little cheaper uh -huh. at 12.30 than it is at 8.30. Right. Uh, I think once maybe we, we got to go to dinner. But I mean, I'm talking about the quilted drive where you sit there and... All of us, and for the three of us, we each have an assigned waiter, and every course comes out under a silver dome, and they all go woof together, and we're like, ah, like this. We couldn't believe it. We couldn't believe the room. We couldn't believe the how did they let us in here, or even how did we, we're just pigs, and, and we're, we're getting this amazing stuff. It was two things. One, a vacation. We traveled that night to a far off land where beautiful people exist. And food is glorious, mm -hmm. and your cares go away. The rest of the world is not there. That's what a great restaurant can do. Mm -hmm. And by the way, you can have that in Holland Rays. The mm -hmm. world can go away. If the food is good enough, right. and that the atmosphere is fun, it right. doesn't matter how much it is. Right. But this was, you know, this is the e-ticket. This, right. this is the Disney World of, of, <laughs> of restaurants, some of these places. So that's one thing. One, it's a vacation. Two, I understood that all of this stuff was only good if you could share it. Mm. I would have felt like a loser sitting there by myself. It's no fun. Yeah. It's only fun to have somebody nice with you to share it with. So everything about my show now stems back to that feeling. I want you to have it. I want you to have what I'm having. I want you to go and travel and I want to share this love that I have for this experience and these people, because the food and the humor is only a way to get to the people. Wow. Right? Mm -hmm. And I think you're... And, and think, sharing that experience... Yeah. That's like the other thing where it's something you never forget. Right. Right? When you eat that... These are the best times of your life. Yeah. So, and we connect over food. I think food is the great connector, and then I think laughs are the cement. Mm -hmm. That if we're, if we're eating together, right, which we have to do as human beings, mm -hmm. but if we eat together, uh, then we're, at least we're not fighting. <laughs> and and, and that's, 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 I think that's where civilization began, right? <laughs> over a meal. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Hey, stay with me. Uh, eat this with We have to eat, so eat with me, because if we're together, maybe we won't get killed by a lion, right? And oh, so, so, so it stems from that. But then, if we have a good time together, meaning if we laugh a little bit together, mm -hmm. well, now we're going to eat again. Now we're friends, right? And so, and, and your life is sort of built around this because no matter what you're doing in your career, yeah. you have lunch. Right. You have lunch with people all the time. It's the center point of my day. All the action, it's like the act break in a sitcom. All the action rises to lunch, all the action falls for the second act from lunch. Right? There's a temple wow. in, in the middle of my day. And I, I love having that. I know at least, no matter what I'm doing in the morning, or no matter what I'm doing in the afternoon, I'm having this fantastic break 
where I'm going to see someone I like, eat something I like. And, and so you meet all kinds of different people, all friends, of, of course, all different friends, different yes. restaurants, different experiences. Yeah, gotta, hey, did you try a new thing over here? Let's go. So you're the opposite of your parents. So instead of having that lobster Cantonese every week in the spare, you're trying new things all the time. But you, you have favorite things that you, that you yeah, go back to. I do. Okay, so and so, some things, listen, I'm still a person. If something is close to my house and it's good and yeah, it's reliable, yeah. I go because I love it. So tell us some of your favorite things. It doesn't even have to be the restaurant. What are some of your favorite things to eat? I think I know the answer to this too. Go ahead. What's your favorite thing to eat? Is it French fries? Have you told me that? My enemy, the French fry. <laughs> it always wins. You know, if you say if there was one food that you, it, yeah. you have to have, even though it's killing you, I'm going to say, okay, I'll die early. So what are your favorite French fries? Oh, there's some good ones. Yeah. There. Republic, I think, it mm. came to the front of my mind immediately, and Connie and Ted's mm. has beautiful French fries. Um, How about on the cheap? What are your favorite French fries on the cheap? Or something that everyone around the country can get? It used to be McDonald's, but yeah. that I don't think so anymore. Yeah. It's too artificial. Yeah. You ever see the video where they don't decompose? It's horrible. It's so scary. They, for like three years later, they're still what under the glass. What the hell? Glass. That's because they're not food. I know. It's really scary. Food decomposes. Food is natural. Yeah. Food. Nathan, eat food. Nathan's used to have great French fries, but, oh, they're, I love they're, it. but they're not the same anymore. I was just in Coney Island. I had them. They were, were pretty great. Were they? Well, maybe there. Yeah, but I've had them in Coney. I don't, I don't, they don't taste the same to me as they did when I was a little kid. Very few things do. And that's the truth. A piece of pizza on, on, a, on a piece of wax paper mm -hmm. where the cheese used mm -hmm. to stretch, mm -hmm. you know, on Tremont Avenue in the Bronx. Pizza has never tasted. No. I have chased that pizza all my life. See, the thing, we, we, we find the thing we love as a kid and we mm -hmm. try to find that again. Can't over and over and over. Yeah. That's the end of Ratatouille. Remember that? Yes. Where the critic has the bite of Ratatouille. He's instantly transported to when he's a kid mm -hmm. and his mother's giving him Ratatouille mm -hmm. to make him feel better. Mm -hmm. That's one of the most brilliant moments, not just in the history of food, in the history of movies. Right. That crystallized a very, very important thing for everybody. So that, okay, so wh when do you realize you want to do a food show? How does, how does that... Did you always want to do it? Did you? When did it come to you that this is what you want to do? Always loved it, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, but uh, when we did the show, when we did Raymond, mm -hmm. we we I asked, uh, I've told this so many times. Forgive me if you've heard this before. I'll go fast. Uh, I asked Ray what he wanted to do on Exiatus, and he said, "I'll go to the Jersey Shore." This was year one. I said, "Oh, that's nice. You ever been to Europe?" He said, "No." I said, "Why not?" And he said, "I'm not really interested in other cultures." <laughs> Even his own culture, Italian. Not interested. And I thought, we gotta do that show. We gotta do that show where we send Ray over, the character, over mm -hmm. as Ray Romano, the guy who doesn't want to go, and send it back as me, someone who likes going and is excited even about going. Right. It took a few years to convince him to go. Not <laughs> oh, want to go. Doesn't like flying, doesn't like other cultures. So it's not the like network, anything. it's Ray? Well, a they little didn't want to give us yeah. the money right, for right, that right. either, but they right. did, uh -huh. eventually. And we went, just fighting the whole time. He gets there, and that's what the show is about. If right. you can see it, see it's that a, episode. It's, it's a, a beautiful great, Isn't it a two-parter? It's, it's, it's an hour. Yeah. Okay. So, so the arc of the show is Ray, the character, gets woke during the course of the trip to Italy and gets it. And I saw that what happened to the character that I wrote happened to the person. Yeah. And that's when I went, oh. Oh, that feels really good. To turn somebody on, there's nothing better. 
turn somebody on to something you love, change their life a little bit. What if I could do this for other people? That was the year 2000. Oh, so wow. So since then. Yeah, they just some hand out uh, food and travel shows to you people. You know, but, but see, here's the thing that a lot of us don't know who haven't been there, that once you're Phil Rosenthal and you win a Peabody and you win an Emmy and you win a Writers Guild Award, that they don't just hand it to you. And you're right, they should hand me things. And, but, but it's interesting, <laughs> too, because our friend Norman Lear, um, Peter yes. Tolan was just in the living room yes. two weeks ago. Norman came to, to Women Who Ride four years ago, told us about Guess Who Died, yes. his passion project right. that he could not get made. That's they right. would not give Norman yes. his show. Of course. Now they got it. Now they got it. Yes. But it took Norman Lear four years to get a show. Yes. More, because he was working right. on it. So, right. so Phil... Just because they think I'm old, so imagine what they think of Norman. <laughs> so... So, so Phil, you have this idea for this food show. When do you start pitching the food show? How long did you pitch it before you got a green light? I did different iterations of it. Yeah. Like American Express had me do a one-off okay. for them that they never aired. They just wanted it to be a, like I didn't even realize what they were doing. Uh -huh. They just wanted to chop up the film we took and put it into card member experiences. Like have an evening oh. where Thomas Keller and I host a dinner and then you come if you have the platinum card or the black card and you come and you see scenes of us in London. I mean, they're, they're talking about a level that nobody, wow. you know, three people can afford, right? <laughs> right. And, and it's insane, but that's what they do. That's wow. a whole card member experience. Okay. What, gold, what, gold card and above. Eight years. Okay, so, so starting then... And then, and then PBS saw the Exporting Raymond documentary, which I'm in. Yes. Because it's not just really? I made the documentary. Yes. I'm in it because I went over to Russia to help them turn my sitcom into Everybody Loves Kostya. <laughs> right? <laughs> I remember. And it's the on Netflix. Netflix. You can see it on Netflix. They put it on Netflix right now. And, and it's a very worthy evening Thank you. entertainment. It's fantastic. It's so they saw that. They yes. said, we like the idea of you going places. And I said, so does my wife. <laughs> and they said, do you have any ideas? I said, I've had this idea since 2000. Okay, so wait, what year is this? What this year is, is going to be, I want to say, this is maybe six years ago. Okay. Right? Maybe five. Okay. And so I tell them, what about a show where I go around the world and I try to get you to travel by showing you the best places to eat. Now, if I recall correctly, yeah. your first idea was that you were going to take people with you. You were going to take like great chefs with you exactly. or something, right? Exactly. Okay. And I, I did the iteration of that with Thomas Keller. We went to London. Right. And it was fine. And you had but I thought that I, I, could, I could actually cover more ground alone. Ah, I was it wasn't because I didn't want to share. I was wondering how that idea worked. But you, okay. you, you get to meet more people if yeah. you're by yourself and going. And, and you have new, a different sidekick in every And scene. also you have a different experience yeah. a, as a traveler. Yes. If, if you're with somebody... Um, if you're with a famous chef, everything is geared toward the famous chef. In other words, all food experiences are going to be... He's the expert. You're just then a tag-along. Right. Whereas I wanted to have the show be from the point of view of a fan. Not the right. great show. They're, that show already existed. But you know, also, so, so our great friend Jeremy Stevens, who I met thanks to you, who is my life coach and my love. Nice. Jeremy um, encourages me all the time to go out alone. Yeah. To not go with a friend. Right. To not go with a that's date. That's Because, that's right. Because then I'm going to have completely different experiences. Uh, our friend Paula Poundstone, she had this great podcast. I don't know if you've heard it. But uh, she had these wonderful facts, and one of the facts was, and I'll, I'll never forget this, and I, I'm happy to pass this on to people. 
they did a study of people who said hello to the person next to them on the subway or waiting for the bus or something. Someone who, if you said hello or just reached out or started talking to the person next to them in social situations. Right. They were happier by far than the people who kept to themselves. Just, how and it's not because- How do they measure that? They did a study. Okay. You people go out and you talk to people, and you people go out and don't talk to people. Okay? okay. They found that the people were happier. Who That's did Paula's that? book. Paula's book was about these experiences that she had, that she documented. When you talk to strangers, okay. which is the opposite of what they tell you as a child, <laughs> it turns out that 90% of human beings are going to be nice. And that's what my show is. I'm, I'm telling, spreading the gospel of other people. Not my thing. I'm just it's obvious. You see in the show, I talk to somebody. I usually get a funny or a great or sweet back. Yes. Not beautiful. Go away. I don't get that. I don't get that. Well, I don't know if you're just not filming the ones that tell you to go away. Very rare. Yeah. Yes, once in a while. Of once course. Of course. People are people. Yeah. People have a bad day. They don't want to talk. Whatever it is. Don't film me. But whatever. It's fine. Yeah. But most, I'm saying most, I'm generalizing. The other thing is I find that most people in the world are much better than their governments. But that's another story. Yeah. But I love meeting the people. The people always surprise you. And they're nine times out of ten worth talking to. And it's also obvious in your show that these are people that become your friends. Like I, the New Orleans show, the, the, the wonderful chef who I think was just rated like the number one new chef in the world. I'm, and, and he's serving like street food, like yeah. crazy food, right? He's serving uh, Israeli food in New Orleans, and it's the number one restaurant in New Orleans. Is an Israeli restaurant? Oh, that one? No, but no, yeah. wait. Okay, so I'm thinking of somebody else. He's yes. amazing, yes. and your relation, your rapport with him is amazing. I'm thinking of somebody else where the guy makes like disgusting combinations of food, very weird stuff. It looks funky. It is. Oh funky. yeah, Turkey and the Wolf. Oh, right. it's, it's a, he makes the sandwiches and his wife runs the bar. So it's, and it's sandwiches and booze, and this is a funky stuff. little yeah. place, right? Right. Some of the best sandwiches you ever had in your life, some of the best drinks you ever had in your life. Bon Appetit just rated it the number one new restaurant in America. This is what I was saying. Yes. Unbelievable. Yes, I love those guys. Okay, so... And yes, I'm making friends around the world. That so how did, my how did you find part. him? How did you find him? We do research. How, do you remember that specific... Restaurant, how you found yeah. it? Yeah, what are the hot new restaurants in okay. New Orleans? Okay. Right? You can do it. We have the phone. Right. Hot new restaurants in New Orleans. Type it in. Here it comes. List. Cross-reference. Is that have... ever dis disappointing? Sure. Yeah. But you, you cross-reference as much as you can. I have boots on the ground, meaning I have people there because my production company that I use right. is ZPZ Productions, okay. which also do Bourdain show. So I'm not stupid. I chose them because they <laughs> had experience and Gosh, they know no. they have connections all over the world. Right. So here comes idiot with no experience. <laughs> Use the people with experience. Brilliant. Okay. So. Okay. Is so, anyone still watching? Yeah. They so kill they, they are. Look. So so. All right. Are you there, so, so okay. So let's get to advice and also what's next for Phil. So if you here's this audience of people that are mostly artists, mostly creatives. Do they looking. have questions for us? Did you Let, check? Um, Louise, do we have any questions? Yeah, Mike Rowe and Ricky Bird. I like Mike oh, Rowe. Oh, Ricky Bird. Ricky Bird is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's a black. He's the black heart. 
guitar player from Joan Jett. Ooh. And Ricky, yeah. you would love this, Ricky started this thing called Clean Getaway, yeah. and he made, he, he mastered this brand new CD, which is fantastic movie, uh, music. Ricky is an unbelievable singer-songwriter. And he goes into recovery houses, and he gives these CDs away to kids mm -hmm. who are just getting sober yeah. to show them that there's still rock and roll and happy times when you're sober. Wonderful. That's Ricky. And so who was the other one you said? Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe? Well, you, Phil goes way back with Mike Rowe. He's watching? Yeah. He's watching. Get a job. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 Phil, so, these, so for those of us who are still looking to have that first big break, who are still striving, give me the top three things we should be focused on. Always quit. <laughs> do the show you want to do because in the end they're going to cancel you anyway that's no small thing that's everything and always quit goes with that because if it's not right and you try every way to you know steer it back on course your way you have to bail you have to get out because at the end of the day you only have your name and it was your experience even from quitting the deli that whenever you did that and you stood up for yourself the next experience was something better 99% of the time. Yeah. Uh, and usually they come back to you and say, okay, do it your way. <laughs> but but yeah. that's not why I do it. I'm not bluffing. Right. I really am quitting. Yeah. And then the couple of times where they don't come back, thank God they did. Because it wasn't meant to be. Rejection so is was... God's protection. Everything, every door that closes is for a reason. And we, it pushes us to the next yes. thing. And it doesn't mean you don't self, uh, uh, you know, question yourself too. Right. Did I do something wrong? Did I do anything to, to, mm -hmm. to you know? Yes, I'm fully willing to always uh, take some blame, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I can be difficult. How so? I want it the way I want it. And but, so but, that's difficult to people. If you have, if, I, I learned this, uh, you get a note from the studio for uh -huh. the network. You get a note and you explain to the person who gave you the note, why you're doing it your way, why you feel important that it's this. You see, it's funny if you do this, but not if you do this. And so that's why we did it. And I'm always polite, mm -hmm. and I'm always uh, to explain it, and you know what happens? They hate you. Why? Because you have made them feel stupid. And, Ooh. right? The person giving the note yes. now feels less. How can, they now how can, feel less than. How can you stand up for yourself and not it. have them feel less right. than? Okay. So the fact that you explained it rationally and made sense is actually the worst thing you could have done. Because they, they, they're doing, that's all they do is give notes. If you take that away from them, if you make them feel not necessary, <laughs> they don't feel good about themselves. Yeah. And you know who didn't feel, make them feel good about themselves? You. So they hate you. It took me years to learn this. Because okay. it doesn't make sense. So how, how do you so, work around that? You say, uh, and Elaine May told me this, the great Elaine May. Wow. Yeah. When she's getting notes, you say, let me get a pencil. Let me write that down. They just want to feel validated. And then, do you it do your way. <laughs> and if they come back again, oh, I understand now. Uh, let me get a pencil. Do it your way. You have to, and by the way, this is not to, I'm not being snide or, or snotty. I, I... Sometimes a note, uh, not from a suit, but no, no, I would imagine a good sometimes note, you get a good, a note good note. can come from anywhere. Right. And I actually really look at every single note okay. because I don't feel I know everything. Okay. 
but it's my show. Yeah. You hired me for my point of view. Right. I have to do it this way. Otherwise, I don't know what I'm doing. Okay, so let's say you're in the writer's <clears throat> room and you have, you have a vision for something. Mm -hmm. And somebody else throws something out. Mm -hmm. Is your mind open? Is your heart yes. open? You're listening. You're, yes. you're able to yes. take a, a U-turn. I okay. want it. Of course. I want it. Please come in with a better idea. Best idea wins. Right? Now, I have an ego like everybody else. Probably bigger than a lot of people. <laughs> but a good idea can come from anywhere. You're stupid if you don't have your ears open at least to mm -hmm. hear it. You hear it. You consider it. Even though the note is annoying, what's behind it? Is there some way to, to what, what? Maybe the joke isn't working and that's what they mean. What if we made it clearer? Let's try it. We make it clearer. Next time you submit it, no note. Ah, their problem went away or they forgot. <laughs> One of the two. Either way, it's good. So you try and nine times out of 10, when you work on it, even though you don't agree with the note, there's something behind it you usually wind up making it a little better. Ah, that's uh, like if I'm working with an editor, an editor will give me a note and I can't do what they say, but it helps me to open my mind to think about a different way to say what I, obviously there's something wrong with what I did if it's not being community. I get it. I think this is true in life too. Yes, and. Huh? Yes, and. You just, yes, and. Said, you just said the very philosophy of life that I'm so glad you did because I was going to forget to say that. And okay. If you were going to say name three things. Mm -hmm. So I, the best class I ever took was an improv class. Better than all my theater training in school. Better than any class I took after school. It was a class in the groundlings that I took for a year in improvisation mm -hmm. because the hallmark of the, the benchmark, the, the, the bedrock of improv is yes. Yes, and, which means if we're improvising a scene, mm -hmm. my attitude should be to take what you've just given me, acknowledge it by saying yes, not no, right, and add it to it. That's how we make a scene. Well, guess what? That's how you make life work. Absolutely. That's not just make your scene funny and great and thing. If you say to me, I can't believe how long we've been waiting in the snow for our car, and I say it's not snowing, End of scene, end of life. <laughs> that's it. That's everything. So, but if I say, yes, and would you like to eat my pants? Because they, they, at least they, I spilled some mustard on them. And at least there's some mustard in here and we might live. Now we have a little, at least something. So what you want to do is acknowledge life. Acknowledge the other person in your life. Acknowledge that good things exist. And contribute something. Contribute something positive. That Not is negative. that is everything right there. Everybody wants to be validated. Yeah. Everybody yeah. wants to be heard. Yes. And everybody wants to share the experience moving forward. I, that's that's like it's beautiful. That's perfect. Okay, so for Phil, I should stop talking. Though. We're gonna <laughs> stop. We're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna one more thing we want to talk about. So you told me something a while ago mentioned in passing. Are you writing another book? Or you want to mm -hmm. write another book? Mm -hmm. what, what what what's going on? Nude photos of me. <laughs> Why are we laughing? <laughs> no, it's never going to be that. No, never. Yeah. I'm sorry I said that. I put images in people's heads. That's, yes. that's disgusting. You did, I, I did have a couple of Oh, no. Images. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, well, the last book mm -hmm. uh, 
was about my journey from birth to through Raymond. Right. So now there's an act two. I love it. There's, there's what, you know, I, I left that, I graduated from Raymond, mm -hmm. having been in a nine-year bubble of niceness, into a world that had changed. The sitcom business had changed. Mm -hmm. Show business had changed in general. Network TV Network changed. TV changed. Mm -hmm. Here's a big change. How do I fit in? I don't. You think with all my things right. up, they're going to hand you stuff. They don't. You had to create so, your again, own. I'm starting from almost ground zero. Yes, I could get in in the office. I right. could get a meeting right. based on the success of the thing. Right. But what I found was they didn't want what I did. Really. They wanted a bag of money from that show. They would like me to leave that bag of money in their office, go to the roof of the building, and jump off. That would be fine with them. <laughs> no so, product, just the money. Please, just give us, can you give us, so what they want is your name right. on their crap. Wow. They don't want what you, what really? I. Have wow. you seen another sitcom from me? No. So? Right? Do you have do you have any it's aspirations not, it's to not, do one? Would yeah, you like I just pitch I just pitch one nobody wants. Yes. It, by the way, I'm fully willing to say right here, it could be me. It could be that I'm a one-hit wonder and that's it for sitcoms. Hard to believe. No, it could be. I don't know. But what I do know is I'm not gonna write something that I don't feel suited for. Mm -hmm. Like something with really edgy, racy jokes and vulgar words. That's not who I, you are. No, it just feels cheap to me. Mm -hmm. It feels like there are 99,000 places to get that. Mm -hmm. So what I do is what I do. Mm -hmm. Everything I'm not saying family. it's better. I'm assuming I'm that it has a family. Always. But, but, but that's what I, I'm writing what I know. Right. That's it. Right. And I'm writing who I am. I'm writing what I know. Mainly because I have no imagination. So I'm just <laughs> writing. <laughs> I find, I tell people when they're starting out, mm -hmm. why don't you write down your day? Like keep a journal, keep a diary, because it's easier to write things down than to write. Wow. And then at the end of the week, you look, but go look back at that. There may be something in there. Oh yeah, that was funny, the interaction I had with the ice cream man. Maybe I, maybe I turned that into something. Wow. You never know. You don't, you certainly won't know if you don't write it down. You're not going to remember everything that happened. Okay, so let's get to that. Do you have a daily practice? No. Uh, <laughs> I'm busy now. You are. I'm actually doing stuff, so I don't have time for that. Okay. But if I did have time, I maybe would listen to myself. So when you were working on Raymond, when you were working on Raymond, did you have a daily discipline then? I was writing Raymond. I didn't have time for that either. To do what I'm saying, I didn't have time. But I did have time. Like, here's an example. When I was making exporting Raymond, mm -hmm. and I'm there, and I'm actually doing a job of trying to get the Russians to make the show mm -hmm. the way I think it should be made. That's why they asked me over there. I well, didn't realize I was going to get... There was a of lot course. of... Yeah. Ooh. Well, it's funny because here's a guy who thinks he's an expert in something who goes to a land where nobody cares. Right? <laughs> but it's also about how that can happen in your house. Yeah. You know? There's the communication that you... Well, why, how could this person vote for that guy? Don't they see that he's horrible? How do we see things so differently? They don't see that this so it's so obvious, right? This happens in your house. Yes. Two versions of the same thing. Yes. So imagine you go to Russia. Yes, very different. They had a very big problem with the show. The man in the show, Raymond, is Ray, not I, strong right. Russian man. Mm -hmm. In Russia, men strong, they tell the women what to do. And as they're telling me this, I'm thinking, that sounds a lot like bullshit. <laughs> 
It sounds like it's a front you want to put on for the world. Right. But I'm pretty sure when Putin comes home, his wife says, take those shoes off. The mud, don't put the mud in the air. And he says, yes, dear, I'm sorry. Everybody answers to somebody, and I just think that's how life is. Right. Am I, am I being a, a, you know, some kind of imperialist uh, guy who thinks he knows better? No, I just have, I just, in my gut, I feel that we're all the same in this Universality. Okay. Sure, of course. I think there's sibling rivalry. I think husbands and wives have a certain thing, right? Friends have a certain thing. Everything has a, yes, there's a flavor in Russia that's mm -hmm. maybe a little different, but I think underneath we're all the same. Why am I telling you this story? Uh, oh boy, time to where, go to well, uh, Yeah, okay, where we were going was, um, where were we going? We were going with, what's, ne what's next for you? So you, you have this sitcom that you Oh, just... so I didn't, so while I'm doing that right. show, now yeah. I'm going back to okay. writing stuff down. Okay. I started writing to my family and my friends at home on an email, uh, an email and I would CC my friends because mm -hmm. they were asking, how's it going in Russia? There's right. a big deal I went to Russia. Yeah, but, yeah. To, to them. And I read what happened. The funny things that happened. The crazy things that happened to me. And from my point of view. And the stuff they put me through. And the arguments I was getting into. I was pretty successful. And now I'm going to Russia and nobody cares what I said. <laughs> and I'm sending this to them and I started getting emails back. Ha ha, it's so hilarious how you're suffering. Right? They thought that was hilarious. Mm -hmm. So I keep writing to them. They're just emails of what happened in my day. Right. Now I finish the process, I finish filming over there, I come back, I have over 80 hours of footage that i got to cut down to an hour and a half. What do I tell the editor to start with? Where do, what does he even know to look at? What's good in this just kind of meaningless footage? Okay. Here are my emails. Here are my really? emails. Find these moments. Wow. It became the outline of the film. Wow. Because they were my point, it was my point of view of the events that happened. Wow. So, so these were the, obviously if I wrote them down, they were the key events. Wow. So that we had a starting point. So what I'm saying is, you write stuff down and it's a starting point. It's not a blank page anymore. You have something, and I always say write what you know, I'm living Absolutely. proof of write what you know, mm -hmm. meaning no one else, you don't have what's in my head, I don't have what's in your head, mm -hmm. what you write is special because it comes from the life that only you lived. Right. No one else lived your life. I wrote that book. You lived it. Mm -hmm. The world is filtered through your head when you write or speak. That's it. That's right. it. We don't think it's worth anything, but it's worth everything. Right. That is excellent advice. And on that note... Um, I go to bed. <laughs> thank you so much, Phil. That was I, fun. I, I adore you. I love Phil Rosenthal. Forget I, I love Raymond because Raymond came out of your head. I love everything you do. I can't wait for the next thing you're going to do. I look forward to the the bottom six. Is that what they're called? The next six that's going to come on Netflix of Somebody Feed Phil. If you have not been watching Somebody Feed Phil on Netflix, get on that. Please, it's, I have to eat, people. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it, it's, it's as delicious uh, for the heart and for the brain as it is for the tummy. Um, thank you so much. You're welcome. I adore you. Thank you, Louise. Thank you. Thank you. I love Phil too, Louise.